I wonder how many people only know the Robert De Niro version of Frankenstein. That's a good question. Um, I had no clue that he even did a movie, um, a Frankenstein movie, until, I don't know, in my later years, 30s or whatever. I mean, I, I love Robert De Niro, but obviously I only mostly watch the gangster movies. Um, so I think in the Robert De Niro Frankenstein, I think the monster's name was Adam in that movie. Oh, actually, I think you might be right, yeah. Um, I feel that this movie, this is my first time seeing it, I feel that I've seen the movie before because it's such a, I don't know, folklore kind of classic. such iconic scenes. Right, right, right. And so, like, all of those scenes have been done, like, whether it had been, like, I don't know. Young Loon- Frankenstein, Loon- Mel Brooks, yeah, Looney Tunes, Looney exactly. Tunes, cartoons. Just, it's, it's referenced so many uh, times in, in different movies. So, like, while I was watching it, I was like, oh, I see where all these things come from. Um, but again, the Robert De Niro one was a little bit different, wasn't it? I, I don't remember it that much. Yeah, but. it was a little bit different. Um, but hey, it's Heidi and Stefan, and welcome back to the ice cream parlor. Yeah, we're back again. I guess you could again, call this again, again, exponentially again. I guess you could call this maybe like <laughs> season three or so, something like that. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we take breaks due to mental health, family commitments, and really just exhaustion. Um, but we're back. Yeah, back in our new little home studio. <laughs> um, and we are, what is this, an Ice Cream Sunday episode? Well, technically, I think it's supposed to be because it's in an older classic. But um, but it's also classic in yeah. the, with a capital C. Right, sure. It's one and of the, almost Vlasic, like the pickle. <laughs> it's one of the universal movie monsters. It's the iconic... You know, uh, The Mummy, Frankenstein, Dracula, you know, all those classic horror mo- monsters. Right. But just to be clear, Frankenstein's monster is uh, not... Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Yes, 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 what? I learned this recently through you that Frankenstein's the doctor. He creates the monster and the monster's name is not Frankenstein. Yes, correct. Kind of. I'll come back to that. But the point I was trying to make was... Universal didn't create Frankenstein's story. Mary Shelley did back in the early 1800s when she was only 19 years old. So, yeah, I always get confused with that. So Mary Shelley's Frankenstein is how I've also heard it, you know, been right. told before. So Mary Shelley's Frankenstein is also another Frankenstein movie that was made in more recent years. But uh, Mary Shelley was a 19-year-old in the 19 sorry in the 1800s early 1800s who wrote the book Frankenstein. Now this adaptation um, was you know it's an adaptation so it's not exactly the story that's in the book. Okay. But it is fairly close. It has elements like the electricity used to create the monster wasn't exactly what was written in the book because electricity was such a new thing. Um, it, it, it was more about talks of chemicals and, and being in the laboratory in the classical sense. Sure. So, um, so, so aside from that, like lots of little things, uh, like the main character's name is, uh, Henry Frankenstein in this movie versus Victor Frankenstein in the book. And that was just because the name Victor 
was uh, too severe for American audiences, apparently. But there is a victor in the movie. Yeah, but he is bachelor number two. Sure, yeah. <laughs> He's not the main character. Well, not the main character, but... Uh, so you know. this is your first time watching this movie. Correct. And so had you and you had seen the Robert De Niro Frankenstein before? I thought didn't we watch it one time? Maybe. I mean, it, okay, I never I seen it before. I love Robert that. De Niro and I love Frankenstein's story. I did not like Frankenstein, Robert De Niro Frankenstein. I can't really take that seriously. I mean, you know, he's the tough guy, he's raging bull, he's, you know, casino and goodfellas and just Godfather too and all that. You know, it's just hard for me to visualize him as Frankenstein. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things where I, and I don't remember the movie being, you know, because it came out when we were, you know, younger, probably what nineties or so, something like that. I don't remember it like really being like, uh, I don't know, like how I remember Bram Stoker's Dracula. Right. Well, I can understand that because the Frankenstein's monster. Okay, so the monster's very vulnerable character. It's essentially like a bird getting kicked out of its nest. Say, you got to fly, bitch. Versus, you know, the strong characters that Robert De Niro usually portrays. Sure, yeah, yeah. And I don't know if it was more of a, was it more of like a love story? Was there a love element to it? I don't know. Well, I we're don't not remember. really talking about that one. We're talking we're not about, talking the, OG about the Bride classic. of Frankenstein. We're talking about just Frankenstein, 1931's Frankenstein, directed by James Wales. James Whale or something? John like Wales. John Whale. James Whale. James Wales. Yeah. Now, I had a question because in the beginning it says Carl Lemley Jr. So who yeah, is he? Yeah, I think he was a producer. Okay. I think he may have been the producer. Um, uh, yeah, because at first I thought he might have been the director, but then it said directed by James Whale. Yeah, and actually on my notes I put Carl Mel Jr. No emphasis on Mary Shelley except for an itty bitty little credit. <sighs> oh, really? I didn't even, it must have been so itty bitty I did not even notice it. Well, I was looking for it. <laughs> I did like how they didn't put Boris Karloff's the name. Question mark? Yeah, it was like the monster. The monster played by question mark. Yeah. Well, so this was um, Boris Kar- Karloff was 44 years old when he got this role. And when he got this role, it was like a throwaway character because there were other actors. There were other actors who were offered the role but didn't take it because they're like, well, I don't want to just play a monster. Um, but this character yeah. was instrumental in, in really pivoted uh, Karloff's um, acting career into like full, full full steam ahead. Well, he doesn't have he doesn't have a lot of lines at all. I does probably doesn't really have any real lines. I kept waiting for him to say something like father or I don't know <laughs> I don't know something like Luke yeah. Luke over but there. He he also didn't show up until like even halfway through the movie. Yeah, like thirty minutes in. Yeah, but it, but and I don't know. It just I mean, then sometimes that happens, but uh, well, look if Eli Roth can ki- kill his main character. Right in the beginning of the movies, or the the halfway point, main characters can be introduced halfway. Yeah, through. that's true. I'm just saying it sounds from the. I'm saying from the perspective you were talking about, where other actors probably looked at him was were like, I, I don't get a lot of screen time. I don't get any lines. What is this going to do for me? You know what I mean? I don't know. This is the 30s. This film industry is just kicking off and starting right. out. So so it's like talkies now, right? Yeah. So, but the interesting thing was. 
even though Mary Shelley created Frankenstein, it was, um, what was the name of the special effects guy? I wrote it down. Um, Jack Pierce. It was Jack Pierce's uh, version of Frankenstein's monster. The one that we know, green skin, squared off, like flat top head Mm -hmm. um, with the uh, electrodes on the side of his neck and the big old clunky shoes. It's that version of the monster that carries throughout. Uh, Now that is the accepted version of the monster. Do you know if that was the way it was portrayed in Mary no, Shelley's book. No, not at all. Book. No, it's it different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked how and, uh, they started the movie with a warning, but then there was also like warnings throughout the whole movie. Like there was always like the, in the dialogue, like, okay, I'll go with you, but I'm warning you. I don't want to, but <laughs> since you said I will go, you know, like, <laughs> well, I, they, there was a lot of, what I really liked. Okay. When you said, oh, that's another warning, because you said that audibly while we were watching the movie. Now, I try to not share anything with you during the movie, but when you said that, I was thinking, well, (laughs) there's a lot of consent going on here. (laughs) And that's because everybody kept checking in with each other, and and that's not something you see in horror movies exactly. Yeah, Yeah, like the thing they were saying in the beginning was like, we're warning you, this may disturb you, it may horrify you. So the guy that did the intro was the doctor. Yeah. Was the doctor. I okay. That. So if you don't know Frankenstein's story, it's essentially um, Dr. Frankenstein creates a monster out of body parts and the, bo- the monster runs amok. And then ultimately has to die. So had he been stealing different body parts from different like cadavers or whatever? Is that what the... Yes. Yes. Yes, he has. Because he said he... Okay. Further on in the movie when um, he gets the visitors while he's about to reanimate this corpse... um, it isn't a person that has ever existed, he says. That's different yeah, body parts, which is yeah. why there's stitches everywhere. But technically, wouldn't that also be that they were living body parts from different people? Correct. Because he made it seem like I created this thing that had never been lived. Well, he never didn't make before. it out of cardboard. He just took. Di- he didn't exist as that one person before. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, I, I understood that for sure, but I also felt there was some logic in uh, the logic wasn't there, and wh- the way he phrased it because he was saying, "Well, this has never been alive," but technically the parts were alive with different individually, yeah, individually. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I wanted to ask you something, and you said we would talk about this. So they call the guy. The first thing we see early on in the movie, there's a grave robbery going on. And so the movie starts like this. Okay. <laughs> the movie starts with a burial. Somebody is getting buried and there are mourners. And then the gravedigger buries the body and out pops Dr. Frankenstein, which is questionable because we later find out that he left school before he got his doctorate. So he's just Mr. Frankenstein. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. So, okay. And his assistant, Fritz. Fritz. Yeah. And I was a little confused because I see this kind of hunchback of Notre Dame looking guy. And I'm like, that's Igor, right? Isn't it Frankenstein? Uh, Dr. Frankenstein and Igor. So I, I think Igor was technically in Young Frankenstein. Is that uh, where it came I from? I think so. But um, but yes, you're right. That's where the idea of the hunchback assistant comes from. I think there may have been also one in Metropolis or something. But that's when you get the idea yeah. of the hunchback 
assistant, whatever. But it then morphed into it from being Fritz into becoming Igor as new iterations of so, different stories with different scientists, with different uh, with different assistants, which is why it's just Igor is the go-to name when you have an assistant that's a hunchback. Yeah, right? yeah. And see, that's probably where I had seen a version of, again, maybe a cartoon or something. And then I, it just was so popularized that way mm -hmm. that to me, I'm thinking Igor. And then I heard this guy's name Fritz. I'm like, wait, who's the, who's Fritz? You know, Igor. He's um, the OG triple OG. <laughs> yeah. So that that was one thing that I was uh, wondering right off the bat. And uh, let's see. Other than that, um, so it, he he so they take that body, but then along the way home to this castle out in the outskirts of town, they find a man, a criminal or something, somebody who was hanged. They take that body too. So there's bits and pieces. Oh, okay. So that's why they yeah they. So he was still assembling the body at that time yeah. is what he was doing. So uh, Fritz was played by Dwight Fry, but he was also uh, Renfield in Dracula, if you remember. Renfield. Yeah. So he was the guy that, do you remember when in the shipwreck they found him and he went crazy and he was the guy eating flies in the, we'll talk about it yeah, in the Dracula yeah, yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so he is sent to the doctor's college or whatever um, to go steal a brain and there are two brains that are there there's a class in session they're showing two different brains <laughs> yeah and they're showing an abnormal brain which is a criminal name uh brain and a normal brain but the reality is no there's no such thing they're just the same aren't Cri they like, i mean like <laughs> dvnc criminal activity all of that you don't get born you're not born with all of those things already in your mind yeah those are things that happen or they're they're cultivated or they grow organically in your mind once you experience trauma What's to say that the normal brain guy wasn't like some psychopath that just sort of exactly. died naturally? This is just a very dated thing. Like just like um, they were surprised that they had women in that in that classroom. Oh yeah, because it was so. Yeah, but they were saying you know, this is a normal brain. This is, yeah. is not an abnormal brain. And the thing is, brains once they're in that form, they must have been treated in order for it to be moved from one to the other because. The thing that creates the shape of the brain is the pressure from all the fluids. And once that's gone, it's just clumps. Mm, so I anytime you see a brain, it's actually the brain uh, having had treatment to keep it in such a, um, a state. So what about like when they do like brain surgery and they actually cut open the skull and they expose like the actual brain tissue? Because, well, I, I don't know exactly what they do with it, but I don't know how much of that has to get treated in a sense, or maybe it's just opened in a certain crevice. But what we see on TV is not the reality. Sure. Well, I found it funny how he was in the classroom giving all these like detail, like, look at here, look at there. And it's like an old 1930s classroom. And there's a bunch of kids, you know, so far away that they can't even like see. And he's like, at the very end of his lecture, he was like, now you can come and take a good look if you like. But then the bell rings and everybody's like, peace out. Well, yeah, that that's true. But, you know, I had um, I had a very influential teacher uh, in high school and he taught my physiology class. Physiology is just the movement. He taught you about brains. He he actually did. <laughs> um, so he's a reason why I wanted to be a forensic pathologist. I wanted to work with dead bodies. You're uh, weird, like that girl from uh, NCIS. 
She doesn't really work with dead bodies. Like Abby? She, yeah, 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 yeah. No, not not like Abby. Um, I wanted to like get in the muck of it. Like, but it, he like we dissected an eyeball like, and he had like all kinds of weird things. So like he would say, you can come and look at them after class or whatever. Would you, yeah. you didn't have a problem dissecting an eyeball? No. Yeah. <laughs> not even. No, no, not at all. No. Was it juicy? I don't remember. Yeah. I dissected a frog. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was pretty normal. Well, I also went to school to be a lab, a medical lab technologist. And we had to do like tests on like blood samples and stool samples and urine samples and stuff. And that didn't gross me out either. But I, I think it's also why I'm like super like everything has to be clean at all times. Don't touch me with dirty shit because I, I understand pathogens. <laughs> yeah, that's why it made me. Um, that's why it made me like. Uh, well, that's why. Uh, I found it funny when you saw the wedding scene in this movie and you were like, if I ever get married, I want to dress like that. And I'm like, but it's dragging all <laughs> over the floor. I mean, I know you. That's not what you want. You're going to be like, oh, my God, I can never wear this again. Yeah, that's very true. Although it would be black or red and it would be only for pictures, but it cannot touch the floor. Uh, okay. <laughs> but it would touch the floor. I mean. Yeah, yeah it would. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I don't get that either. I mean, like, think about it. Like, everywhere that bride is going to walk any bride who wears a dress like that it's dragging on any floor hotel i don't care where you're at that's disgusting well fraulein maria from the sound of music also had that really long veil it was really beautiful yeah but i don't find that something yeah <laughs> it's just one of those things like you don't think about but like now especially in our pandemic world we're living in and all these germs that are being transferred and everybody's like trying to stay clean and wash their hands and disinfect people are learning to wash their hands yeah. so gross anyway continue. but like dragging a piece of clothing on the floor and then like going anywhere it's just like yeah. collecting it's like sweeping up all of the like it's one thing to have like you know i don't know low-hanging pant cuff you know what i mean but it's another thing if your whole dress is dragging yeah. the whole floor just like here's sweep up all that dirt shit behind you especially in the 1930s in europe <laughs> yeah that is another thing about this movie as I, I was like I, I guess it takes place in germany because there's a lot of german, german architecture names. german names and then this lederhosen cool, you yeah, had this cool little german dance where they girls spin around yeah the guys are, are like tap dancing and kicking their they're slapping their shoes or whatever <laughs> and the girls are just spinning around spinning around spinning around and then all of a sudden they get back together and they like dance it out it's like <laughs> yeah so it wasn't technically set in germany because the director wanted it to be more of a fairy tale mm -hmm. with no actual realistic setting yeah hence the american girl who's like hey you want to be my Little friend Maria. <laughs> <laughs> okay so igor fritz steals uh the criminal brain because he accidentally drops the normal yeah, brain. Yeah, and that was like, I guess, you know, for thir the 1930s, that's just the way to move the story along. Yeah. Like, I mean, he dropped it and smashed it. He didn't, like, panic. He wasn't like, oh, no, what will I do? I must take the other brain, you know? Like, just like, he just like, oh, psh, psh, all right, oh, next. All right, yep. <laughs> but, um, but then uh, we meet Elizabeth and Victor. And Elizabeth and Victor are homies. Ah. Uh, and I guess Elizabeth had called for Victor because she's worried about her fiance Henry, who is Doctor Ish Frankenstein. Frankenstein, yeah. And he is, um, he is becoming so isolated and just I just want to work on my work. Leave me alone, woman. 
And so they're going back and forth. She's worried about him. Victor, can you go check on her? I'll go check, I'll check on him. I'll go check on him. And then, um, he says, he says something where he's like, oh, I'll go to the ends of the earth for you. And she goes, I hope, I wish you wouldn't. I'm much too fond of you. And he goes, Victor goes, I wish you were. And I'm like, oh, snap, son. Yeah. Yeah, there was some there was some tension there. Only um, that was one sided tension. She said repeatedly, "Nah, fool." Yeah, that's true. I mean, very. I found the whole like you know exchange. Yeah, I mean, well, that it's just like well, when we get into it, when we get to the part where you meet the father and there's the wedding. I mean, it's just so like you know, she doesn't seem to be as upset as what most women would be with this, you know, her fiance is off doing experiments and she's just waiting for him to get married. I guess maybe at the time, like, you know, the thirties women were a little bit more like that. Maybe. I don't know. It just seems like I think it was expected of a woman to just that, that. I think that's why a lot of women don't feel they're successful until they get married. Yeah. It's that there was a point in time or there's been a majority of, of the history that, we're exposed to where a woman had to get married in order to take the next step in her life. Yeah. If I found it funny how the father kept be, to saying to her, Oh, he's off with another woman. I watch. He's off with another woman. And she's just like, no, but he's just pl- playing with his, you know, experiments and shit like that. Um, and the father, like she wasn't like, it was, I don't know. It was just weird. It wasn't like, well, she I, was I can, by I it, can really. tell you a little bit about that. Uh, but, um, what ultimately happens is Victor, uh, Elizabeth, and then his uh, and Frankenstein's old professor, Doctor. What was his Walden. name? Walden. Waldman. Walden. Waldman. I think it was W A L D M A N. But they said it weird. They didn't go Waldman. They were like Wal- Waldman. Waldman almost. Waldman. Okay. Almost with that. So the doctor, v. the actual doctor of the story, um, they go. They venture off to the castle where they find. They come across Henry, Henry Frankenstein, in the middle of reanimating this new life. Yeah, in the middle of like a hurricane rainstorm. A thunderstorm. And he's and, like, yeah. who is this? I can't let them in. And even like when he knows it's his fiance, he's like. Oh, go away. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Why did you come here? Go away. I can't believe you're bothering me right now. So he lets them in. She even says like, you're not going to give us shelter? So he lets them in ultimately. And uh, ap- only after Victor calls him crazy does he take them up to his lab- laboratory. Yeah. And he shows them what the fuck he's been up to. And they're freaked the fuck out. Yeah. And this is where you get that classic scene of electricity everywhere. And there's uh, a storm up on top. There's darkness. There's There's flashes. And there's the corpse rising very much like the Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there was going to be more to that. I thought that the light storm, I don't know, it, it just, it went up and then it kind of came back down again. I thought we were going to see it like get struck and some other like, I don't know. I, I just, there I felt like it, it didn't, I don't know, I was expecting more. Right. Well, because. Maybe because of all the of cartoons all the I cartoons <laughs> and all the other movies that have had similar scenes paying homage to this and probably something else that I'll watch in the future that I don't want to spoil. But it's alive. Yeah, it's alive. It's alive. And he does say, he does say that he, what he has discovered is, so there was 
violet ray, violet light, violet rays, ultraviolet rays, but he's discovered another ray of light that um, is, uh, what did he say? That first, that gave first life. Okay. And so that's what he's, he's, he's discovered whatever the principal reaction is that create that, that spark of life, right? So that's when he does the speech and it's alive, it's alive. Now I know what it's like to be God. That line uh-huh. was banned. <laughs> so what do you mean? It, yeah. After the initial release, any other screening of it was it's alive, it's alive. And then thunderclaps. Huh. Well, I can see that that's controversial, especially at that time with everybody kind of, you know, to, to denounce God. I mean, the whole idea of the, of the story is that, yeah, he's trying to be God. He wants to create life and out of something that He wants was... to be a mom. <laughs> he wants Mothers to give a... life. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, especially back then, there's, you know, so much conservatism. Is that a word? Sure. Conservatism conservative people and a lot of religious people you know they would just you know i mean hey we know you know salem witch trials and people were just burned and tortured and whatever in the name of god because oh, you know people so many. <laughs> so you know i can see how the they would have had to ban that <laughs> yeah but I, I i was happy that i heard it this time and i i felt like you know that move and this is where i don't know maybe the book was pushing the boundaries back then because if that was the concept of the book then that's also, you know, something where probably was like considered like a blasphemous. Yeah. I mean, you know, you don't know this maybe, but there's a note in the musical scale of notes that at one point in time was considered uh, the devil's note or whatever. Essentially, it's, you know, it's the note like Black Sabbath plays all the time that makes a lot of their music sound what note is it? It's not a specific note. It's a it's in the scale. Like so if you're playing a scale, there's um a half step and it sounds evil, right? So Well, my guitar's right there. My guitar's right there. Play me this evil uh, note. It's not a specific note. It's what I'm saying. I believe I could be mistaken, but I believe Ma- Oops. Boy, that's my git fiddle and my wall. <laughs> I, b- I believe so. A scale, real quick, is is uh, just um, you know, right? That's mm-hmm. a scale, right? So adding this note, that's kind of blue. That's bluesy, right? But if you, that's Black Sabbath right there. So that 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 note that that just it's not a note it's just the playing this note in the scale it's that that one this note makes it the devil note. <laughs> Anyways, I'm not playing good guitar right now, so I'm gonna put this down. <laughs> All right. Anyway, what I'm saying is that that there was a point in time where any music that played that note was banished and not allowed to be. You know, this is I'm talking about classical composers. So like that's crazy. I think when like I don't know who it was, Bach. Tchaikovsky, one of these guys, you know, they were uh, really into, uh, you know, more. I mean, it just creates the eerie, you know, tone and the eerie, like scary feeling that vibe. It also can create sadness because it's all based in the minor scale as opposed to the major scale, which is a uplifting, happy hmm music that's so, interesting um 
but yeah, anyway, my point is the that line I can see why they had some controversy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but they don't show so after all of that, it's alive, it's alive. They don't show the monster. No, they don't right, show yeah. any of it. Yeah. They 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 show nothing. They just are all horrified that it's alive. Yeah. They so then the next thing we see is we meet the Baron, Baron Frankenstein. And that's the father, the father. that you're mentioning. Now, I feel like Maybe there was a reason why the the uh, Elizabeth and Henry were getting married that the had um, that the Baron had vested interest in. That's why he was concerned about it being another woman. Meaning maybe there was, you know, like they they did like um, sure yeah like uh, uh, treaties and stuff. Mm-hmm. By I marriage totally get kind it. Of yeah, stuff. My, so yeah. so that was my thought when you said that. Um, another thing is. They're shutting down the entire village for his wedding, and he's nowhere to be found. So mm-hmm. I would be concerned even without any of that happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, the father was fine. He he to me was like the typical. He he didn't really seem German. He said he kind of oh, 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 talked like he was British, you know, like had right. The, so like, that that was a thing. Old that British I, man. I, I did see that it was set in a German like place. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it had American, British, yeah. and uh, Germans, German yeah. accents. Yeah. And, and, and how about the uh, I, what I assume to be as like the the sheriff of the town was called the Bur- it sounded like he said Burger Master, but it's Burgo Master. But <laughs> like the Burger Master, I would like that job. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to be the master of burgers. Yes. Yes. Anyway, so they, uh, the burgermaster, we meet him because he's like, what's up? Like, everybody in town is waiting for this wedding because there are barrels of liquor everywhere. <laughs> and yeah. we need a crack open. They're all happy, getting drunk, want to celebrate. Right. And um, Elizabeth isn't concerned about Henry because she knows what's up. Like, mm-hmm. she sees the importance, she saw the importance of his work. And she might still be in shock. Because later on, we find that it's still affecting her, even when they do eventually get to their wedding day. Yeah, yeah. So she's like, look, I know where he's at. Trust me, there are no ladies right there right now. It's like when, you know. But then the dad's like, oh, we're going to go find him. So they head out. Mm-hmm. They head out. Now, back at the castle, um, Henry and Dr. Waldman, Waldman uh, they're talking Fritz is really terrorizing and torturing the monster right. in the basement. Yes. But but the, the two doctors are talking and there was a lot of warnings, you said. Yeah, there were. In this instance, there was, uh, this is when Waldman tells Henry, it was a criminal brain that was stolen and not a normal brain. He goes, he goes, only evil will come of it. And it became fact, right? Yeah. And then he said something like, we need to take it out before it takes you out. And it became fact. Yeah. I, I found like, so they introduced the, the, when you talk about Igor or Fritz, like kind of tormenting him. Number one, I wasn't sure like how much time had passed at that time because there so was. So it was three days. Three I days think, by then. Yeah. yeah. Because it almost sounded like it was even longer than that. The way the Henry Frankenstein mentioned like, oh, he torments him and he go, and he, he he hates uh, Fritz or whatever because of that. But also I found it funny that it was like the fire was introduced. The monster freaked out, didn't like it. But then it also, it, it basically made 
Dr. Frankenstein unravel. It's like he lost faith in his monster when he saw him freak out of the because of the fire. Right. So let's think about this. Henry Frankenstein only kept the monster in darkness. And that's where he was able to still control him. And he was listening to him when he sat sat down. He's you yeah. know, all of that. He was able to control him. But the minute the element of light was introduced, you know, he opened that top part. The minute the light was introduced, that's when he kind of was not able to have full control of him, right? And that was natural light. When the fire came in, that's a man, another man-made element. It doesn't exist naturally in the world aside from a lightning hitting something that's dry enough to catch fire or something, right? You can't go and find a fire field right now. I mean, unless you're in California during fire season. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like, it's a man-made item. And this monster is scared of another man-made item. So maybe, and this is just me unraveling this theory right now as we're talking, maybe Henry sees that this man-made thing that he's created is not as powerful as what already exists. Okay. Or it's not as powerful as anything else that would be in nature. Yeah. Because I, he he is not able to talk. He's not able to do a whole lot of stuff. And he's, for the most part, just kind of like a, a child. He's a baby still. He knows that he's drawn to Henry because he's the person that gave him life. He's scared of Fritz because Fritz scares him. And that's why he ends up ultimately killing Fritz. Yeah, yeah. He, he kills Fritz. And, you know, it affects Henry so much because even though he gave this monster life from the parts of things that are already dead, he has not killed. And so when the monster kills Fritz, it shook Henry so much so, and, and he was just heartbroken by it because even as his father and Elizabeth come into the picture at the castle, he is blaming himself for the killing of Fritz. So I think it's not he lost faith in his monster as much as he understands that much like a fire, you can only control it for so yeah. much. I guess that's what I'm coming to. Yeah, I get it. I, I wrote that he so, seemed to have give up, given up and he was very frustrated after I feel like the fire was introduced and all that. Well, I think the fire was the catalyst to destruction, right? Like that is the the central theme to everything. It was once the fire, well, not the theme, central theme. The fire was the reason that caused all the destruction. Um, you can't control a fire. You can't, con and that's man-made. You can't control a monster, something you give life to. Much like you can't control your children. You can't control anything, really. Yeah. You can put parameters and hope that they stay there. Mm. But that's as much as you can do. Yeah. And so now, with all that, uh, the doctor's sort of like, all right, I guess you're right. Let's go get married. Like, Well, so at this point, Fritz is dead. They have the monster tied up, right? The, 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 this is the when doctor, the dad comes to yeah, visit. Yeah, the, come, the dad comes to visit. The doctor says, go. I'll put him down. I'll put the monster down in a humane way. I'll take care of it. Go. Go. Yeah. You need rest. Go. And he leaves and the doctor's like, all right, I'll take care of it. And he's documenting and he's making sure that he takes care of all of his notes and his research and everything. And he, um, oh, this was interesting. When uh, 
when doc when the doctor told Henry he needs to be put down, he says it's murder. That's how anti-death Henry is. The thought of put, killing his monster, even though he's killed his friend Fritz, is murder, and he cannot wrap his head around that. So I found that very interesting. Um, the doctor puts Walden Waldman puts the monster on that bed again and has him supposedly sedated sedated or something and he's taking notes and he says um note increased resistance necessitating stronger and more frequent injections however we'll perform dissection at once (laughs) now a couple things one duh of course there's increased resistance you're being a dick to him you're causing him pain you're causing him to stress out causing him anxiety you're causing him fear how would he not try to resist it's your natural inclination is to this hurts i want to get away from that now if it was a normal human brain and it was an adult brain then would wouldn't he have known how to talk and i don't know like wouldn't the brain well have carried over the brain this none of this would have been possible ever but if you're going in this land of this is a possibility no much like when you are in bed for so long you have to learn again how to walk when you well, you might have yeah, ideas okay. in your head but then you have to learn how to use your all your other muscles is how i would imagine okay yeah i'm just uh also this is a made-up story i don't know sure <laughs> yeah i get it I'm just, so you know me i like to think yeah, about yeah. everything critically well, so the next thing is necessitating stronger and more frequent injections double duh like you build a tolerance. If how much are you giving him? Speaking of tolerance, yeah, you're drinking whiskey or apple juice. Apple juice. Okay, because I was remembering that we accidentally got. I'm joking. It's non-alcoholic whiskey. whiskey. Yeah. No. Why would I be drinking this, apple juice on the podcast? Is this non-alcoholic? No. Whiskey? It's real deal <laughs> shit. How do you believe this? <laughs> Why would I? Why would I fake the funk? Well, because I looked down, and as I'm saying tolerance, it reminded me how Whole Foods accidentally delivered alcohol-free whiskey. Such a crime! <laughs> Talk about blasphemy, right? Anyway, that smells horrible. Yeah, I can't imagine somebody drinking it just for the non-alcoholic effects of it. What bad breath? But I don't know. We haven't opened that bottle yet, so we don't know if it smells. It's water, first of all, with like. You know, the the typical ingredients that are in. It says honey. I might want to try it. Yeah. Well, this tastes like. not if it smells like that. Johnny Walker. I used to be, back when I used to, back when I was cute, I used to get uh, lots. My go-to drink was a Jack and Coke. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know. I've gotten you a few of those here and there. Here and there? Yeah. So Jack and Coke, I used to do that. I used to do Crown Coke, Jack and Coke any whiskey and coke sometimes whiskey ginger whatever but to be honest with you i feel like it all of those mess up the taste now like i i get it i'm drinking it look no ice no chaser no nothing whatever i'm just sipping on it nice and neat but there's like a flavor and like when i put sugared soda in the whiskey it's like well that's a blasphemy now why i why i used to drink jack and cokes was because I'm a cheap motherfucker. Like, <laughs> look, if I'm going to be standing here waiting for my turn to do karaoke, I need to have a drink in my hands. And I don't want to just do a shot or or sip on a little bit of, of whiskey. I want a beverage 
that I know I can drink for however long it takes for me to yeah. to get on stage. And, and then you can also just order a Coke and then pretend you're still drinking because nobody will know the difference. Oh, I want it to drink that. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I'm saying it's a cheat. Um, well, I, I used to, at, at, at some point when I stopped drinking as much, I'd just get ginger ale. And it still comes in a little cup, and you just ask for a cherry in it. Yeah. And hey, I had the same the same waitress every time I went to the Brass Monkey, and she already knew my drink. She the only question would be, "Do you want a straw or not?" And I'm like, "No, save the turtles." Well, since you're <laughs> you're bringing up the subject, um, yes, I am drinking a whiskey neat, um, but it's my new thing because since the beginning of this year, which we are now in 2022, I think we forgot to mention that this is probably, is this our first episode in the new year? Yes. Yeah. So since the end of the last year, I have put beer aside for the most part. I'm not against it. I'm not like, oh, I'll never drink beer again. I'm not like that dramatic. They're not broken up. They're just taking a break. Yeah. Well, I like, a, you know, a cold beer every once in a while is great. It's just that. I think I was drinking too much beer. So I've toned it back a little bit and now I'll just have a nice uh, nice little whiskey neat. And uh, it, it's kind of a good little nightcap to me, you know, or especially on a podcast like this, you know. I hear you. Like I, I stopped drinking. Uh, yeah, you used to have the big glass of wine. You stopped drinking. <laughs> what are you drinking? Or apple juice? Uh, no, this strawberry is strawberry lemonade. lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped drinking... Like before the pandemic, really, like in 2020, I stopped drinking uh, early before lockdown and everything. And it was mostly because I stopped liking how it made me feel. Because I used to be a gym rat. I used to love being at the gym all the time. And then that didn't really balance with it didn't really mesh well with what I was doing with the drinking. Um, but the big scary part was when I realized that. You just go 2D on when you're driving a little bit inebriated. And I'm like, oh, I'm never doing this again. Wait, what? You go a little 2D? Yeah, I'm like... Go, you're saying that when you drive drunk, things get flat? When you do this, this is the only way that you can drive. Like if you oh. close one eye. Oh. But that, that when I figure that out, I'm what? like, I'm getting home and I'm never doing this when again. When did that happen? I feel like... Was that... Was, Have I known about that? No. I don't think so. <laughs> Actually, when I met you is when I started cutting back on my drinking. Yeah. I don't um, know. But it was a really bad night. I had gone out that night and uh, Marisol and I, and it was one of those nights that it, it was like a few miles to get home and it was so fucking scary. It was so fucking stupid. And I'm so embarrassed that I did that. But I drove home when I shouldn't have. And thank God I made it home. But after that, I didn't drink like that again. Yeah. I probably shouldn't say this, but I feel like I learned to drive drunk. Like, I became We're an expert at it. not saying you should do this. Like, in fact, <laughs> the opposite. It. Do not do it. It's so bad. Do not so drink bad. and drive. It's very bad. But yeah. when you lived in Orlando, Florida in the late 90s and the <laughs> early 2000s, it's just... Look, before Uber, paying for a taxi to try to drive home from clubs where I grew up, I mean, you're going to spend more money doing that than you are going out. And it just seems, I know, I know, I know that nobody should take the risk. It's a bad thing. But you know what? My generation, we, we had I no other you, choice. But so. I didn't start drinking until I was 27. Yeah, see. And then um, by the time that happened, 
like I had done all kinds of shit and no problem, right? No problem. Um, in fact, sometimes I'd just sleep it off at, in yeah. Marisol's driveway and then come home the three miles away that I was. But it was, um, it, it, it was so stupid. And that night, like when I realized, oh my God, I'm drunk, like I'm far gone. I just stopped doing it. And then I shot, started drinking less and less. And mm. when you and I would go to the comedy store, like we'd drink, but I'd only do the two drink minimum. Yeah. And then uh, Brass Monkey, same thing, two drink minimum. And um, and then, you know, at home every now and then wine. But then I just stopped. It just didn't feel right being locked up at home and drinking as much as I would have had I gone out that night, you know. It, I didn't feel the same. Yeah. I... um. I had more fear driving and getting caught driving with weed because you were because in Florida. Because I was in Florida and I would go to jail for it. I mean, yeah, I would get a DUI or probably go to jail if I was drunk too. But the thing is, like, I never had the fear. Like, I would drink and then be like, all right, more or less, like, the rule of thumb is try to sober up before you leave. So you don't really drive drunk. Right. You- so that's what I would do. I mean, we would drink, but then. We'd get tacos yeah. <laughs> or we'd get hot dogs, That's, bacon yeah, wrap hot dogs exactly. or something like, and you'd soak it all up, right? And then yeah. by the time you dance it all, like you drink when you get there, you yeah. get loosey-goosey. And then by the time you're ready to head home, you've danced it all away and you're good to go. Yeah, exactly. Especially when we used to go to circus because they used to also have popcorn. <laughs> circus? What's circus? Yeah, it's a gay club that we used to go oh. to. <laughs> but yeah, uh, not not condoning that behavior at all uh-uh. please don't do it i mean thank it. god for ubers and lyfts now so people yeah. don't have to worry about it it's much cheaper and more affordable but you know again like i said i had bigger fear of like getting caught with weed in the car because that was uh, for sure you're going to jail the dui you might be able to get lucky I, I never had that concern i had i know this is off topic and not you know in line with the movie but i was followed home by a police officer. And this is, I get it, I I got really lucky. Now, most of the time, I know my skin color is a little bit of lighter complexion, but I was never really given much of a chance when I got pulled over by cops. They were pretty rough on me. When they, they saw were, your name? Probably because of my name and other things. Plus, I was a badass a kid trying to act stupid all the time. And I, I was a big pothead, so I was always high and my eyes were red, bloodshot, whatever. Uh, there was a time where I had ended up at a hotel. I was so drunk that I parked my car at the hotel trying to meet some people there, but I I didn't know their room number. I lost the people, or I I think what happened was is I showed up before the people that I was supposed to meet showed up there. Like we all were at a club together. We were supposed to leave, but then I ended up going and getting there first and i was so drunk and the hotel people were like who what are you doing here are you staying if you're not staying here you got to go and i was like no no my friends are coming they 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 have a room here blah 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 what's the number what's the name i don't have any information so it got to the point where they're like we're calling the cops if you don't get the fuck out of here and i'm like all right fine i'm leaving but now i couldn't find my car 
Like I'm literally in a hotel parking lot and I can't find my car anywhere. And I'm looking, I'm combing up and down and they're following me like the hotel security. And then the cop shows up because they did call the cops. And the, the I, you know, the cops like, and right as the cop does show up, I found my car. So the cops like, what's the problem here? And the guy tells him the whole deal. And I'm like, ah, oh, I just, I couldn't find my car. It's right here. I'm going home. I'm going home. But the cop knows I'm fucking wasted. Cause the guy's telling him the guy he's fucking, he's drunk as fuck. So the cop goes, get the fuck out of here, like, now. What and, a very irresponsible <laughs> yeah. police officer well, and you. <laughs> so I get in my car and I drive out. And next thing you know, the cop is behind me. And he literally followed me from that hotel almost like, I want to say, a 15-minute drive maybe. It was so weird. It was like as if he was trying to get me home safe but who he didn't know if i was really going home so i'm driving like thinking like every move i make he's gonna pull me over you know Mm -hmm. like oh shit did i stop too early did i sick so i'm driving like paranoid as fuck and he's behind me and then finally i get to like my safe zone where like you know i'm gonna end up you know two minutes from my my place or whatever and he busted a right and went the other way and i drove straight but i was so paranoid that he was going to pull me over and hit me with a dui since he knew i was drunk i've had that but without the alcohol um so as a single mother i had several years being broke as fuck right so i drove on a suspended license for a lot longer than anyone ever should get away with (laughs) and so i'm driving and i'm like oh shit there's a cop behind me 10 and 2, 10 and 2, I'm at a stop sign, S-T-O-P, then go, you know, like everything by the book, only to find out that it was a taxi the whole time. <laughs> but it's a very real fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I hated that. I mean, like I said, driving drunk, worse scenario, but... Um, yeah, anyway, yeah. Don't that's do all. It. Don't, Don't do, do it. it. Don't do then, it. Now, How do we Frankenstein... Tie this back into okay, the okay. Oh, here I go, here, okay. ready? Yeah. Now... The Frankensteins, however, have a very wonderful relationship with alcohol oh, yeah. because they're they're back at home um, at the Baron Frankenstein's home. So what and is they're toasting Herr means like Mister, I guess. Oh, okay. Um, they're celebrating the wedding that's about to happen. Yeah. Elizabeth's in her dress, and there's like a stag party. But not only do all the men drink. The staff also gets champagne, and I thought that was very lovely. That was really nice. Yeah. However, you don't see that I too do often, recognize though. that they drank the good stuff and said this stuff will be wasted on the staff. Just give them champagne, <laughs> but it was still like, well, it's still champagne. Yeah, I mean, it's still better than nothing. I mean, any like I've I've done that. Like I've I've worked as um I've worked several high end parties where you're basically you're just the help, you're just doing dishes, you're just picking shit up. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Do you get it? For the listeners out there, the Sopranos. I'm, I'm wait, motioning my hand in a like come kind of motion, like come over here, uh, because of a scene in the Sopranos that uh, yeah. that I don't like. Yeah, that, <laughs> well, you don't like the scene, or you don't like the Sopranos. No, I because we the got Sopranos. some beef. Then, if you don't, like no, Sopranos. it's when um, it's when what's her name, Carmela hires, um. Yeah. What's her name? Her name is um, Charmaine Buco. Charmaine Buco. Yeah. She hires her as to do cater some event. And then she calls for her by just like trying to wave her over. Yeah. Like you're trying to do a one hand clap. And I'm like. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I, but I have done those. And you're very lucky 
when you find people who let you sneak away to eat or sneak away to get something to drink or sneak away to use the bathroom. Like you don't always get that. So the fact that they gave champagne. Yeah, I thought that was, that was nice. It was, I wonder if that's a German thing though, because it's because alcohol based. <laughs> well, alcohol based plus maintenance for Germans can be friendly people, you know? Yeah. Most of them, except for that like nineteen forties era. <laughs> <laughs> except for the nazis yeah um okay so that's how we tied it back but uh in the meantime the monster has killed walden yeah yeah he chokes him out he killed him the fuck up the real doctor's he dead. goes yeah chokes him um okay so they're celebrating the part uh, celebrating everything everybody's having a good time but the monster having killed walden is making his way into town. Yep, yep. He, like, he finds the front door, and gets out, makes his escape. He escapes. He's going through town, causing havoc. Now, he comes to... We, we get to this farm, and there's a dad and his daughter. The dad goes into town for whatever reason, leaves his daughter there. She has to be like seven yeah, at the most. maybe. Her name yeah. is Maria, and she's she's playing near the river with her kitten. The monster comes in and she's the first I said she shows him kindness, the first per, the first person to show him kindness. And she's picking flowers and she's asked him to play with her and she's picking flowers. She goes, "Look, they can float." And they're he, they're throwing them into the lake and they're floating like little boats, right? Now, I read this as, "Oh, this these flowers, they're so precious. This little girl is so precious. I throw flowers into the water and they float." This precious little girl, I'll throw her into the water and she can float. Yeah. So the monster picks her up and throws, throws her in the her water, in the water yeah. and the girl drowns. Yeah. Now the flowers are precious. Maria is precious. Was it that? But Maria deep? does not float. Was it that? I know, but was it that deep? I don't think the water was that deep. Couldn't she? I don't know. Whatever. But if she can't swim, supposedly, and actually the the way the I, I read this cute story about how the the, the actress. She um she actually had only taken like a handful of swimming lessons since like up to that point. But the the crew thought that um she would be scared by Karloff's makeup. So um and, and and they didn't want her to, you know, be scared or traumatized by it. So he would do a little thing and he'd like wave at her with her pinky every now and again so that his his her friend Boris would be waving at her to get through the scary scenes. And I thought that was very mm, cute. That's interesting. Now, since they're in Germany, would she be a Fräulein Maria? <laughs> she would. She would. And her hills would be alive with the sound of music. <laughs> with the sound of, oh. <laughs> it's alive. <laughs> so so she's, she's, now the girl's dead. I think he feels bad because, but, well, but does he though? I he think he runs off. He, he throws her in the water and then he's concerned immediately. He knows something's wrong and he runs. And who's to say he didn't run to try to get help and the town's folks are just saying, oh my God, he's growing havoc. He just can't communicate. That but something do you think happened. he could have just gone in the water and picked her up? I don't know because he himself doesn't know how to make these connections yet. So you know how I tell my kids, you can smoke weed all you want, but please wait until you're 25 <laughs> because at 25, your brain is fully developed. Your prefrontal cortex is done. This is and what that's you tell your, your kids? Yeah. I'm like, if you like, look, look, I'll be very honest with you. There is addiction on my side of the family and very heavy addiction on your father's side of the family. That is 
not a win-win scenario there. So if you're going to do anything, chances are you're going to have to struggle with some kind of addiction. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to do anything, if you're going to do anything, I suggest weed. And if you're going to do, if you're going to do the weed, do the weed after 25, because then your prefrontal cortex is done developing and you don't have to worry about causing any developmental delay to yourself. But what does that say to somebody like myself? So does it Full, have, have, you pass out when you're just sitting there? Are you really what you want me to compare it to? Try again. No, I feel like I'm <laughs> a highly educated person and knows a lot of things I'm not saying and has not. a lot of different talents. And I think that, you know, you think I would have been even better if I let my prefrontal cortex Probably. and then just <laughs> I'm just saying you're awesome, my dude. But you could have been so much more awesome possibly if you would have just waited a couple of years because you've been smoking weed since you were 12 years old not 12 more like 15 but oh 15 my son's age yeah can you imagine if you would have just developed just a little bit longer you know you do amazing things now and i'm not saying and i'm not shitting on you whatsoever you're fan fucking tabulous but i'm just saying I want my kids to I wait. I think that if I wouldn't, I wouldn't have turned into the person I am. I think that no, by and 25. That's yeah, but by 25, I would have just become another drone. Correct. And I'm not saying one is right and one is wrong. I'm saying my preference and what I'm asking my children to yeah, do yeah, yeah. is it. to I'm wait. I'm just saying that to me, I feel like that I needed, I, I, it developed me into who I am. It helped me to blossom with music. It helped me to... Be yeah. a creative person. I'm not just, putting um, down who you've become. Are you kidding? If I would have been the person my my parents wanted me to, I'd be some kind of doctor nun who never has children but also has many children. Like the contradictions are endless. Yeah. Like, um, so I, I'm not saying that you came you turned out to be anything bad. I just want my children to give themselves as much possibility for success as possible that's what you want for your children right you want them to do better than you would have done makes sense sure anyway so i'm thinking that the whole reason for um him not being able to put two and two together is because he just isn't developed yet he was a brain like okay let's let's say that this worked his brain was in a jar for how long damaged probably by fritz as he was transporting it (laughs) yeah and then still implanted like the the trauma to the actual tissue itself there would have been some and not to mention that the brain initially came from somebody who died it's not like they died and then immediately went into a jar Mm -hmm. it could have they could have died for some time so there's damage there theoretically Right? Yeah, yeah. So maybe he just sure. didn't know how to do that. Now, he hadn't ever met Elizabeth unless he met her when he became alive. But in the back at the house, after the little girl, after Maria is dead, after the townspeople see that there's somebody who's dead, they know um, that they're that they're getting married. Maria knows something's wrong. Yeah. I mean, Maria. Elizabeth Marie, knows something's yeah, wrong. Yeah, Elizabeth, yeah. And um, Elizabeth calls for Henry because they're about to get married that day. And she's like, something's wrong, something's wrong. Aren't and you not supposed to see the groom or the bride I don't until know. the wedding? Then at the uh, And then they hear the monster upstairs. Henry locks her into her bridal suite. They go looking for him, but the monster makes his way into 
Elizabeth's Chambers. Elizabeth Chambers? Is that somebody? I'm sure it is. Chicken Elizabeth Nugget. Okay. Um, and scares the bejesus out of her and she passes out. Now they form a mob. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the um, yeah, they form this angry mob, uh, pick, uh, you know, torches and pick forks and kind of whatever, typical pitchforks and yeah yeah like a so an angry mob yeah so they know i guess the thing is the word has gotten out that this monster like nobody's really like what frankenstein made a monster like they're just like oh yeah okay the two things happen in tandem is they realize that there was a monster that terrorized elizabeth and then the town folks know that there was the little girl maria who was murdered right so maybe they don't even know that it's frankenstein's monster they just know they gotta catch this motherfucker yeah and so they form the mob, bloodhounds and pitchforks and torches and everything, and they make their way out. But do you think they, they would have had other experiences like that to, like, have there been, like, other monsters that they were like, oh, this is another problem. We got to do it again. I don't know. <laughs> but generally speaking, you blame the person you don't know. And the person you don't know is that stranger that's walking down yeah. into the mountains. I still don't know if that guy who uh, Maria's father would have known that Maria got killed by the monster because, again, unless, like there was some- unless there was somebody within eyesight that saw that happen. Yeah, there could have been a witness okay. in the neighboring. I think he was would have came back and been like, "Oh shit, water. my damn daughter went playing in the water my and she drowned." <laughs> you don't have she kids. Drowned. You don't have kids at all. Oh shit, my damn daughter drowned. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he comes back to the burger master and he's like, my daughter has been murdered. I need more meat. <laughs> <laughs> murdered. And they're like, okay, let's do this now. And there was about to be a wedding, but now we're about to go like lynch somebody. <laughs> well, so what they do is they go and they look for him and uh, they, they split up into groups and they go find him. Now, Henry goes off the beaten path and finds him. Finds him hiding behind a rock, and looking, and then, um, and they get into a tussle with a fire torch. With again. a fire torch again. Fire torch. <laughs> it's a fire torch. It's a fire tower. <laughs> can I do? Oh, I can do that because I'm half Indian. Before somebody tries to cancel me. <laughs> yeah, gotta be clear. Yes. <coughs> it's funny. <laughs> okay, but say it again. Uh, fire torch. <laughs> gonna bring out the bobblehead. Oh my gosh! Hey, I just noticed you got Frank next to you this whole time. We've uh, we've had him here. I think he's made an appearance on a couple other episodes, right? But uh, yeah, he's um he's our baby. We won him at horror nights. <laughs> yeah, you did. I did nothing else, but. I mean, I took you, you there. You him for me. Yeah, but you did all the hard. I've never seen somebody win at those games, those carnival games, especially that one where you drop the thing in there. It's like so random, and you won the big one, too. It wasn't even the small one. I was like, wow, shit. This girl's lucky. You just let go and trust the universe will provide. I've, I've done a bunch of those, and they never end up working for me, but hey. We have video on our Instagram. I just went like this. This one. Drop win <laughs> yeah i know it was amazing i mean yeah. all right so they get into a fight at the, on the at this plateau and um it would be my self-defense mechanism i just go like boneless <laughs> just like henry did anyway <clears throat> um the monster subdues him 
slings him over his shoulder and carries him higher up the mountain. Now, Karloff, I have conflicting stories, but for the most part, the director didn't like the attention that Karloff was getting. So he made Karloff literally carry um, the actor who played Henry uh, Colin Clive and carry him over and over every time that they repeated the scene. Causing him to have back pain because he was being a petty bitch. Oh, shit. Not fucked up. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Anyway. Well, there would have been no other way to do it then. They, it's, well, know, they've used dummies. They used a dummy later on in that scene. Yeah. So why not use a dummy there? Anyway, so he went boneless like a chicken wing and then went up the mountain and he they get to this windmill. A windmill that was inspired by the Vandekamp's company. You mm. know Vandekamp's the fish sticks? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. that's yeah, yeah. literally what they said was... I don't like those ones too much. Fish sticks in, in general are a little bit well, weird. fish but... sticks, I, I go to Gordon's yeah. fish sticks, the yellow bag, the beer battered ones. Those are the ones I buy for my yeah. family. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. I buy fish sticks. I think, yeah, fish sticks. We haven't, we haven't had fish sticks in no. years. We haven't, we've been fortunate enough to have good food around. So, you know, yeah. but fish sticks, I mean... Yeah, I that's do a, cook that's from like scratch a, for my family. That's like a <laughs> quick like. I mean, it's not even that quick to make fish sticks. It's still co- they need to cook. You remember for like my fail at beer battered fish? No, you liked it. No, when no, <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't like it, and no, I don't remember. No, when did you make beer battered fish that failed? Mm, I don't remember how long ago, but we told your mom about it, and she's like, "Oh, that's nice." And you're like, "You can't tell her that you had beer battered anything." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. No, nope, yeah. I made an oopsie. All right. Anyway, they go to the Vandy Camps factory and they make fish sticks. The end. Uh, no, they go up there. The town folks follow them there, and um, Henry wakes up. And it starts fighting with the monster upstairs. The monster throws Henry off of the top of the wind uh, of the windmill. Yeah, he hits one of the propellers hits on the one way of, down, and then that's what saves his life. Oh, did he get saved? Because he gets saved. Now the wait, are you the original, ruining it? What? I thought he was dead. In the original, he dies, but they wanted a happy ending, so they made him live but we don't see him live yes we do oh at the end end. oh but what do you mean the original the first cut the The first cut cut? yeah so he died they lit the thing up on and that was it yeah so then the ending scene where the father is like oh i'll drink the wine and uh, yeah oh so that was that was the happy ending i didn't like that part at the end i thought that was a little extra yeah so the, the scene is actually a beautiful scene in that he throws him off. It's a dummy, so he's kind of flailing. Yeah. But um, then he he lands on one of those propellers, I guess. And and everybody down at the bottom is like, oh, he's still alive. Let's take him to the village. They take him home, right? And light up the windmill and they set it ablaze. And in theory, the monster dies, right? This is where I had questions because I know that there's a Bride of Frankenstein. I know there's a second, you know, rendition. He he has room to escape. Like they show him pinned, but then he's also a strong ass monster. Yeah, that's true. So there was a quick little um, like fast forward 
of the like this is all special effects in the 30s you know like yeah. they filmed it almost in slow motion the thing dropping and then they sped it up so it looked like it dropped faster but i caught that that's really like, cool though yeah um and then the then the last scene final scene henry is recovering at home and all of the servant women come and try to get him some little bit of yeah. of the wine that he was drinking and the father decides he's going to drink it instead. Yeah. You th- the end. You think that they wanted to get, maybe that was their way of like, maybe they'll give us some more. Oh, I thought it was like, oh, I want to take a look at the handsome young doctor. Or, oh, really? Yeah. Well, I don't know, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, he, he, pour, they, he pours a glass. He's like, oh, yeah, maybe I'll give it to him. And then he turns around and he's like, nah, we'll close the door. He doesn't need this <laughs> shit. I'll drink it instead. Yeah. Yeah. And then the end. The end. Now. And then they reveal Boris's name. In the credits. Yeah. Karloff. Karloff. I have his recipe for some shrimp dish we should make. He makes shrimp? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So I have a book that's Vincent Price's favorite recipes from around the world, and in it is Boris Karloff's shrimp. Oh. Interesting. Yep. Anyway. Oh, that's funny because he threw a girl in the water. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Too much. What? Shrimp? Dish, shrimp, fit, girl in the water? What are you talking about? <laughs> well, I figured it didn't really appropriate because he threw the girl in the water. So a water of seafood dish uh, would be good. Okay. Um. <laughs> well, you've obviously seen the movie before. This is my first time watching it. It's obviously a classic movie monster thing. You know, uh, not, I, I mean... If you've never seen something like this before and you were living in the 30s, I can see how it might be a little, especially, you know, for younger viewers, it would be kind of scary of a spooky fairy tale. Um, from a from a cinematic point, I thought the movie was good. I thought that the, you know, the acting, the set design, that kind of thing, uh, it reminded me, you know, like, well, because of the time period, like Metropolis and uh, Phantom of the Opera and all this, they're more... A play yeah. that's brought to life. Yeah. You know? So that's why you get the grand performance, I think, because yeah. you're they're used to playing to the back of the house, yeah. kind yeah. of. And um the the initial scene, the the burial, definitely very, very much cabinet of Dr. Caligari, right? Yeah. It just um yeah, it just it, I thought it had like a really, you know, um good effects i don't know the acting and all that it was very like i said very kind of um like a play like broadway or whatever projected um i mean again i i feel like i've seen this movie because of how it's you know portrayed throughout popular culture but um i'm glad we watched it and uh i don't know i'm kind of curious to know about what happens in the bride of frankenstein now because it's like okay well i know that he's alive and i know he's now gonna want to get a mate but what happens has he learned anything is he smarter does he care more is he you know what i mean like i don't know there's all these questions is the doctor still crazy is he trying to does he want to reanimate and and bring another person to life or does he not want to do it and is he forced to do it so many questions part two coming soon yeah i guess i'll have to (laughs) tune in again Uh, speaking of part two holy shit there's a new texas chainsaw movie is there like yeah. a new new one? Is that wait since like when did you research this? Is this a thing? I didn't research it, but 
When I was trying to look for a scary movie. (laughs) (laughs) When I was trying to look for a scary movie to watch on Netflix. Oh, I don't have Netflix on here. There was a The Texas Chainsaw Massacre new movie. That's the one that I saw that clip of today, right? That was stupid because it, I don't know. It's so modern, but I just, you know, I don't know. I don't get it. The guy, I saw a quick clip and they got Leatherface in like a bus with a bunch of like high school kids or some shit. And he's got his chainsaw and this kid whips his phone out and starts recording him. And he goes, you want to try anything? We'll cancel you or some shit like that. I'm like, what? Well, anyway, I mean, I get it. That's Uh, where the world is right now. No, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. No. I don't know. (laughs) it's uh just it's ridiculous whatever what are you looking at right now i don't this know is, you know we're still me. in the middle of an episode right here right i know we have audience members <laughs> listening to us right now and you're over here just looking at pictures on your ipad listen it's a picture of you i don't know where it came from <laughs> i don't know either you paparazzi me it looks like That's a what? selfie first of all I don't know how you would have... Oh, I don't know. Did you screenshot me while you were talking to me on FaceTime? No. (laughs) Who knows? Well, we'll never know. Okay. So what's next? So what's next is I'm going to write a very angry letter about this new remake of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Speaking of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, we still have never done an episode on that movie. There's so many good movies that we still haven't done episodes on. And so many movies we... Even I feel like we've seen a few that we should have done episodes on and we just haven't had the ability to yet. Well. What? What was that sound? It was my foot on the floor. My God, how big is your foot? I don't know. It sounded like a monster on the other side of this wall. I like, if you want to know, I like (laughs) rub my toe against the carpet. Like, (laughs) I don't know. It's so weird. I was just trying to position my foot differently. Okay. Uh, yeah, we've watched a lot of movies that, uh, in the time that we have taken break. So we have plenty of um, plenty of different episodes we could go. Um, I would like to do a movie that I've been wanting to do. I don't want to do Texas Chainsaw Massacre yet because this movie's come out and I'm going to have to watch it. The new one? Yeah. Why? Because it's... Have you seen the one that came out before this one? Mm-hmm. The new generation, or not new generation, the one that like what was? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I stopped. I stopped caring. I I thought the one with Jessica mm. Biel was slightly not great, but there was. It wasn't, I know like, I didn't a lot like, of them are horrible, but I've watched them all. There was one where he was like his cousin or something. Did you see that one? It's like get him, cuz. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, it's just a cash cow now. Like I, I don't like sequels. Just give me a good original horror movie. That's what I want. All right, sounds good. Yeah. So, um, I think maybe we should put a cap on it, huh? It's time for bed. Oh my god! It's yeah. Past your bedtime. Yes. Yeah. It's like six hours past my bedtime. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's like six p.m. Well, luckily you don't <laughs> got to work tomorrow. I do. So it's President's Day. Yeah, I still got to work, but you know. Sucks to be you, bro. Uh, sorry. I'm going to Arizona on Tuesday, and hopefully not to a sundown town. Sundown town. At least it's only for the day. Although I did figure out there's a good Papusseria around um, where I'm going. 
for all of our non-Hispanic, non-Central American, non-El uh, uh, Salvadorian uh, listeners out there, would you like to explain what a pupusa is? Um, the best thing ever. Uh, well, you want more details? So what it is? It's um, it's a tortilla that's made with corn masa, and it's like a corn flour kind of uh, tortilla, and, and stuffed usually with cheese and beans, sometimes with some pork, and sometimes with little roco, which is like a little flour. But it's um, it's like a pancake shape. And it's like a tortilla stuffed with mozzarella cheese. Not mozzarella. But that's what they use, though, right? Sometimes, yes. And wouldn't that make you it? You use what you have. Okay. All right. Well, that's all for today. Yeah. This is a good movie. I really love this movie. As you can tell, I'm a Frankenstein geek. By I have the tattoos in my on on my legs. Everything like. It's my thing. It's a beautiful story. Uh, this telling of the story, this adaptation of the story is the one that people remember the most. But at the end of it, it's I, the message I get is life. You just have to live it um, and enjoy the beauty of it. Um, you try to control it too much. You're just going to end up creating a monster. Okay. Yep. I didn't really take much away from it, but I just feel like, yeah, it was good to watch a classic, you know? Yeah. Um. That's how I felt. Yeah. yeah. Well, all right. Well, that's all for us today. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. We will see you in a couple of days, a new episode. Definitely. We are going to be back again with a vengeance. Die hard. Yeah. We're going to die hard. Yeah. No one in that movie died with an erection. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. Check us out at icecreampartlerpodcast.com. Yeah. And email us at Hello. Oh, I have new music coming out soon. You do? Yeah, we didn't talk about that. Um, but uh, I don't know when I got to come up. The song is done. I just need to come up with some artwork and some other little like uh, uh, bells and whistles that go along with putting out a song. But it should be, it's going to be under uh, my side project um, that I'm doing with my bass player, Phil, from uh, the DTI band. Um this is going to be a project that we call Cheat the Hangman. It's a hip hop side project that's, uh, you know, I don't. I, it's me and two other people, and it there's no like real rules to it. So like, there's a few songs that are my songs. There's some songs that might be somebody else, and then we might be featured on all three of them. I don't know, but we're we've got one in the bag, and that's a new song that I call Can't Step to Me. It's going to be, like I said, under the name Cheat the Hangman, and it will be available soon, very soon. So keep your eyes open for that. All right. Well, other than that, you know, follow us as you do on all social media platforms and, uh, you know, holler at us. Deuces. (laughs) Peace out. Okay, bye.